All right, so the 2018-2019 NBA season is over, and the conclusion is the Golden State Warriors are the NBA champions. But Yay. they can't they can't celebrate for too long because the national headlines are not about the Warriors and their uh, dynasty that's slowly building right in front of our eyes. But it's LeBron James, it's uh, Kawhi Leonard, it's the NBA draft, and the start of the offseason frenzy. Uh, welcome to the NBA Second Stringers podcast and. We'll cover all of that for you guys this episode. Sean, for first, let's let's talk about the Warriors completing that sweep on the Cavaliers and winning their second straight NBA championship. Yeah, we'll, we'll give it a quick thought, Alan. Um, mm-hmm. Congratulations, I guess. Uh, <laughs> that's really all I want to say to them. I feel like this was one of the most anticlimactic finals I've ever watched. I, I mean, we've seen some pretty bad finals that have been like yeah. four ones. Has there? I don't think there's been a sweep like this in recent memory. Um, we'll see. That's the, I guess, the irony of this all is the last time there was a sweep was also a LeBron James team. Oh, yep. That, 2007, right? That's right. Yeah. Against the San Antonio Spurs, <laughs> another pretty dominant team. Uh, I mean, the San Antonio Spurs, of course, won that championship and then came back and won a couple more after that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy, like, LeBron was able to hold the spotlight throughout the entire finals despite losing every game. And then yeah. now that it's the offseason, he continues to hold the entire spotlight. Well, a good portion of it. There's still a free mm-hmm. agency, there's still a draft. But LeBron James is really the big question. It's like, is he going to go somewhere? Is he not? No one really cares about the Warriors winning because everyone expected it to happen. Yeah. I, do you think that bothers the Warriors? Do you think that bothers Kevin Durant and no. Draymond Green and no, these guys? No, they don't care. They didn't. They do probably it. laugh at yeah, it. Yeah, they didn't do it for the popularity. They did it for the ring. That's why they're all That's there. That's true. I mean, Nick Nick Young, maybe he's a little upset because more people don't care about him. But I think <laughs> I think he got plenty of notoriety at the Warriors uh, championship parade. He was trying to yeah. one up J.R. Smith from two years ago. Yeah, that that's where my thoughts. Uh, Jordan Bell, J.R. Smith running around with no shirts, and I was just thinking, <laughs> man, J.R. Smith did it first. It's not right? that cool anymore. Yeah, <laughs> they're just totally copying him. They're just trying to one up him. I'm not about it. Yeah, but the the troll game continued between uh, champions and ch- during champion parades between the Warriors and the Cavaliers. With uh, I don't know if you noticed, but Draymond Green had the um, had the author Arthur uh, meme. A oh, fist yeah, from the, the image on his shirt. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because earlier in that season, LeBron James had uh, Instagram. On his Instagram, he yeah. posted a picture of that. Um, obviously, Draymond Green made a shirt off of it and just put <laughs> rings on it and had an, the author hand uh, with uh, three rings on there. I, I got to admit, that's that's pretty clever. I'll give him that one. I don't give Draymond mm. many of those, but that that's pretty good. Yeah, and there they had their parade in Oakland. People celebrated. I live in the Bay Area, and I really uh, was not feeling like going. <laughs> yeah, was it loud outside when, when all that was going down? So I was in San Francisco, and the parade was in Oakland, but so I wasn't like able to hear the noise oh, or anything yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, but uh, sure. I mean, there was definitely a bunch of traffic commuting uh, throughout the Bay because, as a result of that parade. Yeah, so, what, what was it like when... Like when you were watching the game, I'm sure you must have heard like yelling in the streets and stuff. What what was it like <laughs> living there? It wasn't it wasn't all that bad. My neighborhood isn't like in the 
around the bars or anything like that. But definitely the next day, which was still the weekend, everybody was going crazy. Everybody was wearing <laughs> warrior warrior jerseys, uh, warrior flags, the whole shebang, man. People of all ages, kids, older people, uh, definitely seniors. Yeah, <laughs> and then of course people. Uh, mid twenties to early thirties. Everybody was Everybody. on a, was on a high. <laughs> You're just hiding, hiding in your room, just waiting yeah, for it to I be over. I didn't not feel like going out, but hey, well deserved to the Warriors. They were definitely the better team. They did not beat the odds. In fact, they completed the odds. They did <laughs> what we all thought they could do, which is dominate the NBA. And as we head into this free agency season, perhaps we'll have a a rival, um, uh, at least a comparable rival come up as a result of this free agency. But before that, let's talk about the Dwayne Casey, who was fired from the Toronto Raptors, but has now found a home. And Sean, you alluded to it that you thought he was, he would quickly find a new job. And he did. He's the new head coach of the Detroit Pistons. Yeah. I think this is a great hire for the Pistons. I mean, Stan Van Gundy was an interesting experiment trying to run him mm-hmm. as both the head coach and the GM obviously did not work out very well. I mean, Dwayne yeah. Casey, he really deserves this. I mean, he he brought that Raptors team into the limelight, really, like as close to the limelight mm-hmm. as they've gotten in recent memory. Yeah, uh, yeah, one of the best or their best season, regular season in franchise history, and and just can't beat LeBron. I think the Pistons are okay with that. If they just make it to the playoffs next year, they'll be okay with that. And for that reason, I think Dwayne Casey's a great fit here. They really aren't going to be able to change that roster at all for him. Uh, they're pretty hard locked in the cap space, and yeah. I, uh, they don't even have their draft pick because they gave that to the Clippers. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, they're just gonna have to roll yeah. with Blake Griffin, Reggie Jackson, Andre Drummond, and let's see if Dwayne Casey can get a little more out of these guys than Stan Van Gundy did. Yeah, it's a it's a challenging job to take, no doubt. But I mean, there's some talent on that squad. They're just kind of not well fitting and Reggie Jackson, every, every Bradley, um, maybe Bradley, no Reggie Jackson. They kind of had some injury issues there inconsistency. And of course they made that trade for a uh, Blake Griffin in the middle of the year. So I don't know. I'm, we'll see how it goes. I mean, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. I can definitely but, um, see this team making the playoffs though, with a better coaching and like an actual GM this year. I, I, I can see it working a little better. I'm hesitant to say that. No, you I'm really hesitating. I mean, I, I I don't know. I think the fact that Stan Van Gundy had to do all of those things definitely took away from his coaching abilities. If you have just one dedicated mm-hmm. coach, I feel like that helps them. And it's not like they were that far out of the eighth seed. True. They have the talent you know, to do it. Yeah, they they definitely do. The Obviously, the Eastern Conference not not known for their depth, but... You know what would help out this Pistons team if LeBron James really does leave the Eastern Conference? Right. You take yeah, away the that, Cavs. That's the one Cavs team are coming out, out of the. Yeah. <laughs> the Cavs are out. That might be it. That might be the the because I mean, really think about it. Um, all the teams that went to the playoffs this year are probably going to be there again. Um, all the teams yeah. that didn't make the playoffs, with the exception of the Pistons, they might be the only ones that could potentially make that leapfrog. That's true. Yeah, they're they're in prime prime uh hunting position they can they can definitely get in there yeah Yeah. lebron man it all depends on lebron yeah but on the other side the toronto raptors decide to promote from within and nick nurse their assistant coach who worked under casey since 2013 will now be promoted to the head coaching position for the toronto raptors 
interesting choice here to go from to choose somebody internally as opposed to hiring uh, one of the bigger names that's available out there. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure who else was on the shortlist for the Raptors. I know like some names thrown out there for potential head coaching jobs was Mark Jackson and uh, Jeff mm-hmm. Van Gundy, actually, both announcers or slash like color commentators for uh, some of these basketball games. But uh, Nick Nurse, I think it's a sneaky good hire. He already has experience within the organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been there since 2013, so he's been there for this whole playoff run that they've had, um, this solid uh, playoff showing that they've had these last few years. And I think he'll he'll shake it up enough, but like not too much. Like getting rid of Dwayne Casey, that was crazy yeah. to me. Like mm-hmm. a guy that could potentially win coach of the year. Um and you bring in a guy that uh, doesn't really have the NBA head coaching experience. Um, he has head coaching experience at the collegiate level and overseas, uh, but he's never uh, been a head coach for an NBA team. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. yeah. And I think, well, like what you alluded to, I think it is that, that middle ground um, sort of shakeup where you don't want to, you don't completely reinvent the culture here with this guy, with Nick nurse. Um, you kind of get the same thing, but, Perhaps yeah. he has big, he has bolder plans um, with what to do with this roster. Interesting. I mean, like you said, no NBA experience, but now he's going to be the head coach of a a team that, if no changes are made, they're they're still they're still right there in the race to potentially make the Eastern Conference Finals. If LeBron James isn't there, they're probably <laughs> uh, the second favorites there outside of the Boston Celtics. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just I just don't see any like this Raptors team getting past the Celtics with the roster that they have right now. No, but, I don't either. I mean, it's it's okay. I I just yeah. don't see how getting rid of Dwayne Casey is gonna fix anything in the first place. Yeah, who knows? I guess it just felt like they just ownership felt the need to make a change, and uh, like we've talked about before, it sucks. But in the NBA world, the head coach is always the easiest person to to replace and mo- and move around as opposed to players. Yeah, they definitely can't replace Drake. <laughs> It's true. Um, well, how about Lonzo Ball, who just had a picture of himself on Instagram looking a little bit bigger. Uh, people, are, <laughs> people are definitely talking about it, as most Laker fans do. Every little detail, we blow it up. Uh, we make it a little bit more than it is or a little bit worse than it is. But either way, I guess it's good news. Lonzo Ball, obviously one of his weaknesses was his skinny frame. and um, <laughs> Skinny man. He, and he was susceptible to injuries and getting pushed around a little bit. But... Um, right here, what what's happening here? He got a plasma shot. Yeah, like a <laughs> yeah, a platelet rich plasma shot. And I didn't even try to WebMD this one. I don't really know what the deal is with it, but I'm assuming that it's some sort of drug to help his knee get stronger. Hey, good news! Uh, <laughs> whatever gets this dude in the gym yeah. gets some. Whatever gets him to throw up at least what like. 2,000 shots, 1,000 shots a day at least to get that that three-point yeah. shot a little bit better than or actually get it closer to NBA average percentage because last year was not very good. Yeah, I'm going to assume that this is all legal and this isn't blood <laughs> doping. I don't really know. <laughs> it kind of <laughs> yeah. sounds like blood doping, but I don't really know anything about about any of this stuff. Yeah, I guess we're not doctors. Yeah. But uh, we just got to assume it's good, right? Yeah. Hey, and he's going to be joined up with his brother soon on the Lakers. So um, <laughs> all good things ahead for the Ball family. Potentially teaming up with LeBron. <laughs> yeah. 
Who knows, man? Who knows? It's going to be a but crazy about, few weeks. Yeah. Well, how about this? This kind of came out of left field, and it's not really basketball court related, but it's basketball Puma. related. <laughs> yeah. Who knew Pumas getting back into basketball? I didn't <laughs> forgot that they were ever in it, considering I wasn't even really, I was still a kid a toddler almost <laughs> was in the basketball game yeah was vince carter the last person they ever had as a as a contract did they have vince carter yeah they had vince carter for a little while okay i was thinking but like, like back um, when he was a raptor yeah that might have been it i don't really remember hearing much about puma kind of growing up i mean i knew they had some basketball shoes but not anything um that was considered elite yeah, or it's a dangerous. It's a dangerous market to get into. Nike just owns it right now. Exactly, and I mean Adidas is in there as well, and it's a, it's a huge market, and it's comp, it's complicated in terms of like how the relationships work with AAU and college teams, and and then into the NBA. It's expensive as well. Yeah, this will be interesting, but so. They make some interesting moves, though, to try to get back into the game. They named Jay-Z their creative <laughs> director slash president of basketball operations. I don't really... I, okay. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. I, do you have any thoughts on that? Like, I mean, my is, first initial thought is is this. It's it's why... I mean, Jay-Z... <laughs> I'm sure he's decent at basketball. I, 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 yeah, I'd be willing to bet that he's pretty decent you think at you it. Could take However, I don't think he's good enough or he was good enough to make a NCAA Division One team, uh, let alone maybe a Division Two. Maybe he wasn't even varsity basketball able. So in terms of performance basketball knowledge, I, I definitely would question that. Um, I guess his cultural knowledge as a whole as the basketball cultural and the youth culture of, of America, maybe he's pretty high on that list. Yeah, I um, guess so. I mean, he's a big name. If they're going yeah, for he, big names, then they got one. But it's such a weird fit to me. I mean, I, he goes courtside to what the Knicks games. Right. But like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, does that, uh, no does that idea. make Jack Nicholson all of a sudden a, a, the biggest expert on basketball performance yeah, it's, and it's how like, to design yeah, what, performance <laughs> basketball shoes? It's like if, if Reebok or something tried to get into <laughs> basketball, they're going to hire, yeah. <laughs> Jack Nicholson? Yeah, yeah they hired Jack been Nicholson. Sitting or, yeah, just any, yeah, any courtside fan. I don't, I don't really know. Yeah, to me, it's obvious that they're going more for a a cultural fashion basketball style forward moving forward and um i guess they're they they don't care too much about the performance side of of basketball where um i mean nike and adidas we all know that the technology and the time and resources that they put in into actually creating products that perform and not just look good they right. do have their fashion shoes obviously or the shoes themselves have picked up sort of a cultural fashion following but first and foremost they create actual basketball product um so i don't think jay-z will be handling that side of things i don't think so yeah i'm not sure what his exact role is gonna be here but the <laughs> more interesting move that puma has done is that just like philadelphia trusting the process they're building through the draft signing yeah. marvin bagley deandre ayton and zaire smith already to contracts and i mean they're taking a risk on guys that are unproven but 
obviously very talented going to be rookies next year. Yeah. And I think they'll continue to look to the draft to just try to get a one up on Adidas and Nike and like try to get these guys before they actually become stars. Yeah. What I thought was interesting is that these young guys, you would think they would gr- they would have grown up through the AAU cuz I, I mean, I've never seen Puma in the AAU circuit. I don't think <laughs> they actually have a name in there. So nah. and obviously the draft the kids of today, Marvin Bagley, Aiton, and Smith, these guys all came through the AAU circuit, so I got to imagine that they've been playing in Nike's and Adidas for probably the their entire lives and have they're they've lived through the entire endorsement era of commercials and um signature shoes. So for them to get to the stage that they are now to have the choice of which brand they want to go with, it was it's interesting that they chose Puma, who, who probably has very little brand equity in terms of basketball. Yeah, they must have given them a really good contract, just like right off yeah. the bat, and like are willing to take on the risk of giving these rookies more than they're worth. Yeah, interesting. Um, but we'll see how that works out. I mean, all that means is there's another player in the in the basketball shoe world outside of just Nike, Adidas, and some of the very few China brands that are in there. Three sixty one. Three sixty one. Yeah, um, they got. I think Lightning. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is Kevin Love still sponsored other... by 361? I think so. Not sure. I actually don't really know. I didn't pay too much attention to Kevin Love's shoes. I did. I did for some reason notice a uh, George Hill's shoes. The, I don't oh, know yeah? what China brand he's with, but I did notice huh. his shoes. I didn't know he was sponsored by a China brand too. That's interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of guys out there who uh, secretly have, or not secretly, but they're just not. They're not very well known. Like Lou Williams has his own signature shoe with the China brand. Oh wow! Yeah, I had no idea. Huh? Yeah, Dwayne Wade's got his own shoe with some China brand as well. <laughs> they're, I they're welcome the there. competition, though. I I like that there's more brands getting into it. You can't just let Nike win. Yeah, true. That is true. But um, let's talk about the off season now. It's here. LeBron James is obviously the talk. Um. So let's see. Right now, the Las Vegas odds interesting is, I mean, these guys, people love betting, and people are going <laughs> to bet on where LeBron is going is to go. And right now, the Lakers are the favorite with the Rockets in second, Cavaliers third, Sixers in fourth, Celtics in fifth, followed by the Spurs, the Warriors, yeah. and the Miami Heat with the, with the lowest chance to land LeBron James. But what is your reaction here to seeing the, the Lakers? Uh, I mean, it's... It's the easiest place to go. That's what it boils down to. The Lakers Mm -hmm. have room for two max contracts and potentially even more if Julius Randle doesn't re-sign. I was looking Mm -hmm. at the books. They only have $39 on the books for next year. And half of that goes to Luol Deng. So if they can somehow (laughs) get rid of Luol Deng, they could even have like three max contracts, I bet. But... Oh. Yeah, <laughs> Luol Deng, man, really dragging him down for the next two years unless they're able to move him. But that I definitely think that gives I mean, the Lakers the best odds to get LeBron is just their capability and the fact that it's L.A. Yeah, it's interesting because Luol Deng, you would say he's not a valuable asset because he's holding the Lakers down, but he might actually be a very valuable asset for the rest of the NBA because that's what's holding the Lakers down right now from potentially <laughs> building a super team right before <laughs> the eyes of the entire competition. Oh, it's so true. It's really sad. Yeah. 
But uh, let's break let's break down what the odds and what exactly needs to happen for some of these teams to get LeBron James. Obviously, we know the Lakers have the the cap space there, but what about the Houston Rockets who have Ryan Anderson on their books, Eric Gordon, um, Trevor Reza, PJ Tucker. Um, in order for the Rockets to make this happen with Chris Paul still there, they'll somehow need to get creative and find out a way to get rid of Ryan Anderson, um, potentially probably Eric Gordon and some draft picks to get the to get. Well, it won't happen in a, in a direct sign, but will probably have to happen in a trade where they're willing to take in uh, LeBron's uh, salary in order to go over the soft cap. Yeah, it's it's pretty tough. I mean, Ryan Anderson's set to make twenty million next year, I think is the number I was seeing, and that's a lot, but it's not enough to get LeBron, so you still need to have someone else in that, possibly future draft picks if you want to bring LeBron in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's also the package with, like, Eric Gordon. He's set to make, like, $13 million next year. Yeah. Um, and they can't – yeah, Trevor Ariza can't be part of this either because he's an unrestricted free agent, I think, and he wants, like, somewhere between 50 and $60 million. So I don't think the Rockets are even going to have Trevor Ariza next year. No. So yeah, if they and- – yeah, so if they don't have him, they don't have Eric Gordon, Ryan Anderson, they, they're going all in if on LeBron. If they, if they can't get him, like, they'll be able to re-sign these guys, but they'll have to give up, like, all these guys that they had last year, like their depth, if they want to bring him in. Yeah, and that's not even... We haven't even talked about Clint Capella. They're going to have to let Clint Clint Capella walk if they want to be in the sweepstakes for LeBron or somehow convince him to take less, which is not going to happen, obviously. Um, The market's not going to allow him... Or not that it's not going to allow him, but it's going to be way too enticing for him to take anything less than what anybody else is going to offer him. I mean, I could see somebody out there giving him $20 or plus a year. Oh, totally. Yeah, that's what they're saying is like $20 million a year is like what Clint Capella is worth right now. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the Rockets have to retain him. I, I, they just have to retain all these guys, you know, because you have to just wonder what would happen if Chris Paul didn't hurt himself in the last minute of game five. Right. That's true. Um, it's a tricky situation for all of these teams, um, especially some of these teams that have to make – a couple of complex maneuvers just to clear up the cap space. I mean, if you're the Lakers, you probably just sit uh, on the sidelines there. Or, well, I guess you, you're risking Julius Randle just walking away from you, and then you end up with nothing next year. Julius Randle being the guy you've invested in since, what was that, 2000, 2015 when he got drafted? Yeah. Yeah. Or 2014. That sounds right. One of those two. Yeah, it was 2014, I think, because he sat a whole year out. Yeah, that's right. He did lose that that first year. Um, yeah. But on the other side, though, another team that's kind of like the Lakers is the 76ers who, through trust the process, have most <laughs> of their best guys still locked in rookie contracts. So that gives them the benefit of having enough cap space to straight up sign LeBron James if they wanted to. Right. Yeah, made that move last season to get J.J. Redick on the books for $23 million on a one-year contract. And that, now that freed up the space. They have all the space they need to sign a max guy. Oh, man. It's hard to see LeBron wanting to go here, though. Yeah. Like, he's. I don't think... He probably knows that this team doesn't compete with the Warriors. Like, yeah. that's, why, that's why I see him going to the Rockets or the Lakers, because if he goes to the Sixers, it's like... These guys might be ready in a few years, but I I want to win now. Like while I'm still the guy, 
Mm-hmm. The Lakers, you get two max contracts. You're going to bring in someone else to help him out. Or the Rockets, you already have two bona fide Hall of Famers. So you don't need any other help. But with the Sixers, they're just not ready yet. So I, I just yeah. I just don't see him going here. I don't either. I don't agree. It doesn't I agree with you? It doesn't. It just doesn't feel right. I, I mean, the the gang of shooters they had on that squad last year definitely fit LeBron. But I don't. I just don't think Ben Simmons and LeBron will, would fit well together. Yeah, Ben Simmons can't shoot. Like mm-hmm. when LeBron dishes it out to him, he's gonna have to shoot a three, and he's he's definitely gonna miss it. Yeah, and he's not really. I mean, he's he can score off with the ball off the dribble, but in the post or the spot up three. It's definitely it's just not his game. Yeah, I I just don't see it happening. I I definitely think there's a much higher chance of him just staying on the Cavaliers. Yeah, I th- I'd put I that agree. as equal of a chance. Like I know the Vegas odds have as the Rockets being a higher chance. I think is a higher chance that he stays with the Cavaliers than goes to the Rockets, just because it'd be so hard for the Rockets to get the trade together that would need that to happen. Mm-hmm. But the yeah. Lake the Lakers are still very likely. I would put the Cavs as the second option. Yeah. How about the Warriors? Is there any shot this happens? I no. I say no. <laughs> Please, but no. But the Vegas has them somehow in this in this race. That's so stupid, man. I would bet <laughs> money against it. How much money do I get if I, he doesn't go there? Yeah, true. I'll bet the house. And then, yeah. And then the interesting one here is the Clippers. Somehow the Clippers keep getting dragged into it. I guess it's just <laughs> the fact that it's in L.A. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't mind the Clippers, but I just don't see it happening. Yeah, it's not. I mean, they're not even really within the Vegas odds, but I thought I'd throw them in there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they need to have DeAndre Jordan, Austin Rivers, and Wesley Johnson decline their player options to make room mm-hmm. for him. But if they all yeah. did, then they'd have room for one max player. And right. this, this is a good team. Like Patrick Beverly is good. Milos can shoot the three. Uh, Danilo Gallinari can shoot the three, um, th- and Lou Williams can obviously shoot the three. They have shooters that LeBron would like to play with. Um, mm-hmm. If it doesn't work out with the Lakers, uh, we're right there too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, just, I don't, I like don't see this. I like dreaming. Yeah, <laughs> you can definitely come up with these dream scenarios. But yeah, I mean, you'd have to beg Austin Rivers and Wesley Johnson not to opt into their contracts. Uh, I don't see that happening. I would, do, I would beg so much for Austin Rivers to leave. Please leave. Please leave. <laughs> no way he's walking you're, away from that money. Bro, you're worth so much more. Just just decline it. You can get your money somewhere else, I promise. <laughs> Highly doubt it. Highly doubt it. Uh, I, I mean, his player <laughs> options worth more. And Wesley Johnson as well, I mean... He this guy did not produce at all this season. That's fine. I'd rather have him. I'd rather have him. Just get rid of Austin, please. <laughs> Anyways, with all these guys opting in, then the Clippers would have no choice but to somehow come up with a trade scenario where they convince somebody to take Austin Rivers and uh, uh, Wesley Johnson, and they'll have <laughs> to throw in something like Gallinari in a draft pick or something, some sort of that, uh, just to clear that cap space right. to get LeBron James. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. But so, oh well. <laughs> yeah. So these next guys, the San Antonio Spurs, is actually who I thought would be the favorite. Um, I was banking. I I had a good feeling about it before all the Kawhi Leonard stuff yeah. started happening. Right. Because I think this would be a good spot for him. He'd be playing. He'd be playing with Greg Popovich, and I mean, he's expressed a couple times how he's 
he's wished to be part of a he wished he was part of more of a more stable franchise uh with a sort of like a a legacy coach if you will kind of the same way that Kobe had Phil Jackson Jordan had Phil Jackson as well um and Greg Popovich could be that guy and the Spurs are not too bad if they end up keeping Kawhi Leonard and LaMarcus Aldridge obviously it would be kind of a challenge for the Spurs to clear that cap um but they might be able to do it not not straight but they would have to do it in a way where they through a string of trades and trading with the Cavs, so they would trade Gasol, um, and they would have to hope that Green and Rudy Gay don't pick up their player option, and they don't resign Tony Parker or Ginobili, essentially letting go Brutal. of that that old big three Brutal. era in order oh. to bring in LeBron James. It's like ripping off duct tape, man. Ooh, ripping off, ripping off some wax. Yeah, Ooh, that hurts. But but uh, I hey, did you see have that. To do it, man. I actually did see that Gay did not pick up his player options so that that's already on that's already on record oh so that's one piece but Mm -hmm. i don't know danny green hasn't said anything yet yeah they'd have to trade us all Kawhi obviously is gonna be the big question mark here um but yeah this team like even without lebron this Kawhi lamarcus aldridge team like they could have beat the warriors two years ago had zaza patrulia not existed so oh man that's a like just, that's a hot statement just, well dude did you see how much they were they're up 25 points in the third quarter true <sighs> but i mean i mean the spurs also blew out oklahoma city one year by 20 points and then they they ended up losing that series in the well, second round I, i'm just, i'm gonna stick by my statement they they could have okay. they could have won that series with like without lebron even being there just Kawhi lamarcus running the show if you yeah like this would look very very good to lebron i think and popovich mm-hmm. has already stated that he's pretty close to retirement he might retire like at 2020 in only a few more years in the league lebron he's put lebron on a clock it's like hey if you want to be coached by me like you have to come to san antonio right now yeah this is a very interesting year for the San Antonio Spurs. I mean, it had to have come at some point, right? Like all <laughs> all dynasties have to come to an end. All great teams just come to an end. But the San Antonio Spurs have been the exception to that rule, yeah. essentially being a big team in the NBA since, what, 1999, 98? Yeah, 98. Uh, so, I mean, finally we're at a point where they're at a crossroads here. I mean, Greg Popovich uh, with some things going on in his personal life with the passing of his wife and – the Kawhi Leonard situation going on right now, but imagine it all gets fixed. I mean, in terms of that Kawhi Leonard stays with San Antonio and LeBron James goes there. Yeah. Hell, we could see the San Antonio Spurs <laughs> run continuing Another to con- 10 years go of on. Spurs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would be, it would be, that's an unfathomable to see a team just rule for three decades. That's yeah. insane. That is crazy. Would you be okay with that? Would you, would you be happy for the Spurs? I don't know, man. I I like am not a big Spurs guy. We as a Laker fan, we had our battles. Um, but at the same time, I like Kawhi Leonard. He's from Southern California. He's a cool player, and LeBron. <laughs> I like LeBron James. Yeah. And I I I think I w- I wouldn't mind cheering on the Spurs, and they would make it a fun. It would make it a fun a uh, season, and as well as a fun playoff series if it's San Antonio versus the Warriors. In the Western Conference Finals with these with these squads, yeah, I'm honestly all for LeBron signing with any of these West teams that aren't the Warriors, just to mm-hmm. give just to give the Warriors a harder time. Like it's just gotta end. Like we're talking about yeah. Spurs dynasty. Like 
the last four championships, like it's just been Warriors and Cavaliers. Like we want some, we want some change. The people need change. That is true. That is true. Um, well, how about the Miami Heat? They're in. They're listed as a Vegas favorite, but they probably have the least chance just because of the amount of guards <laughs> they have signed to some pretty high contracts and the the questionability of Hassan Whiteside. But essentially, for them to to even have a chance at LeBron James, they would have to trade a combination of guards to clear up the cap and some of those guys and alongside Hassan Whiteside. So a trade scenario that could work is if you got rid of Hassan Whiteside, Tyler Johnson and Dion waiters to clear cap space. So you have to make these trades while not taking, while taking a very minimal amount of salary, if none at all back. Um, and this is Tyler Johnson, a guy who got paid 9 million this year and will be getting paid 19 million and, Ooh. and more um, as his new contract kicks in. Dang. I mean, he's getting paid, but he's not really a $19 million guy, I would say. Yeah. At least maybe not yet. <laughs> right. Well, the Heat just have all these guys that are, like, solid players, and they're making, like, 15 to $20 million a year. And that's, like, their weird strategy. They just get a lot of above-average players and give them, like, a little bit more than they're worth. And that that's, like, yeah. the team they have right now. It's, like, they don't have any stars. They just have a lot of good players. Kind of like Denver, except – yeah. Instead of Jokic, they have Whiteside, which is definitely worse. Yeah, kind of. He, this guy, really did not have a good year. It's very interesting coming into this year. I thought, um, I don't know. I thought he was going to be able to break in, maybe challenge the Marcus Cousins for that top center spot. Ooh. Yeah, then like in the battle against Embiid in the playoff matchup, he didn't even really play because Spolster just thought he wasn't up to the task. Yeah, interesting. It sucks because this guy's going to, I mean, if the Heat want to trade him, I think his trade value definitely has lost it, a lot, maybe yeah. even cut in half. Yeah, I can't, I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't see a, a value for them that they'd actually want to take, you know? Like, yeah. it's just it just seems like they'd just get pennies on the dollars from him at this point. He'd need to have a good bounce back year if they actually want to get him off the books. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um. But for LeBron James, how about the idea that he just stays with the Cavs? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, this is funny, though. Like, in contention to that, Dan Gilbert said that he can form a championship contender without LeBron. In theory, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I, I don't buy that for a second. Like, no. this team is just straight garbage without LeBron. I, yeah, I, mean, I would take the Atlanta Hawks over the Cavs without LeBron. Like, this team is so bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get rid of LeBron James, you're not a good team, and you're still over the cap. Right, yeah. You're you without still, LeBron you're James' You're overpaying salary. Tristan Thompson. You're overpaying Kevin Love. You're overpaying J.R. Smith. Like, I, when he says he can form a championship contender, does he mean in, like, 10 years when, like, the entire NBA is different? Like... <laughs> Maybe, yeah. but like, yeah, you're you're gonna sen- sentence yourself to mediocrity for the foreseeable future um, if you don't mm-hmm. re-sign him. But I-, I still think it's a good chance he comes back. I mean, I think Charles Barkley said it pretty well, and that- that's something I won't say very often. He he <laughs> said like, what more does like? I- LeBron is chasing the goat. Obviously, he's chasing Michael Jordan, but. I don't think he has to prove anything anymore. Like, he's the player he is. I don't think 
there's any amount of rings he can get now that would make him better than Michael Jordan because he did get swept in a final series. And if he did mm-hmm. get more rings, it would be because he went be because he went to a super team. Yeah, it, it's it's um I think it's annoying the comparisons because my Michael Jordan is has almost become this myth this mythical creature, this <laughs> mythical figure. Right. That's kind of like. I mean, if you if you compare legacies, it's almost impossible to match up with Jordan. Um, yeah. I mean, it was just such a different world and. So many things went right in his career. Granted, he was also a really great basketball player, uh, for sure. Better than LeBron in different ways. But LeBron, I also think, is better than Michael Jordan in different ways as well. But his Jordan's legacy, going six championships, never even going to a game seven. I mean, he played for a great franchise in Chicago, a great coach. And um, a lot of the stars aligned for him, for him to go to, to have a career the way he did. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I mean, LeBron James to me, I mean, I didn't grow up watching Jordan. So to me, I think LeBron James is the greatest player I've ever seen. Um, and that's right here right now, despite the fact that he got swept. So yeah, I mean the idea that he wants to outdo Jordan's legacy, I just don't think that's, I don't think that's going to happen either. Yeah, I completely agree. It's, it's just like, you you have so much going for you in Cleveland, and you mean so mm-hmm. much to that city. Like that's where your legacy should be. You know, it should be right. where you're in- affecting the most people. Los Angeles doesn't need that. You know, we're all yeah. we're all spoiled. We we got we got all of our great sports teams. We've seen it all. We've seen the championships. It'll come back to us with or without LeBron. But yeah, we're we're just greedy. You know, that's just the nature of it. We just we want the best player, obviously. But yeah. I, I think for Cleveland, man, like that just means so much to them to have LeBron. Like, what do they have without LeBron? Like, he he's like their economy in a lot of ways. It's yeah, it's <laughs> I don't know. I'd feel bad for Cleveland if he left. Is all I'm saying. Even even being an LA Laker fan, like I th- I think he should stay. Yeah, it's I guess the biggest question for him is, I mean, how badly does he want another championship? I mean, I would still like to see him get another one. And it's hard because I don't really think anywhere he goes gives him essentially a better chance of getting one where he already is outside of the San Antonio Spurs if they make that work. But even then, they're, they've been shaken so much in the last few weeks. Um, and the Lakers, sure, I mean, they got the cap space in theory to build a championship contending team uh, right quickly over the summer. But... Even that's just in theory, and the probability of that is it's not. I wouldn't even put it. Cl- I wouldn't even put it at sixty percent right now. Yeah. So yeah, no, I totally I, it, it's it it's um his. If you if you don't if you take in terms of probability of which one to be a contender, I guess the best chances are where you're at there right now, and maybe the Houston Rockets or the San Antonio Spurs. Right. And there's one one other team on this list that we haven't gotten to is the Celtics, who actually are, are, are oh. at pretty decent Vegas odds uh, to get this thing. At, like, what are they? One, two, three, four, fifth on the list, fifth option. I mean, why not, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wouldn't, that, I guess wouldn't that, that be a story? That would be a story. I mean, you're all of a sudden teaming you're up back. with Kyrie again. Yeah, it would. 
And the the way for the, the Celtics to do it, I mean, they have the assets to do a sign-and-trade with the Cavaliers. Um, and it's possible that I just don't really think it's very probable that the Cavaliers will make a deal with the Celtics or that the Celtics will be willing to let go of – because they would probably take like a Gordon Hayward or um, a, a good chunk of their young core. And essentially all it is is Kyrie Irving and LeBron in Boston – <laughs> I think it'd be a little better than that, or or what? This, this could be crazy. They trade Kyrie Irving for LeBron James. <laughs> that would be madness. That would be madness. They'd totally do it, though. If you're the Celtics, you totally do it. If the Cavs come to you and like, hey, we'll, we'll sign and trade you LeBron. You give us Kyrie and like Marcus Smart. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty crazy. That's I insane. Mean, Pure insanity. Yeah, I mean, LeBron, Al Horford, Gordon Hayward, and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, that's a better team than than Kevin Love and LeBron and Tristan Thompson and J.R. Smith. Definitely by is. Far. Yep. Even though... You got Scary Terry in there, too. Yeah. Um, I still don't think it can happen. <laughs> that would be funny if it did. That, There's no way it happens, but... Uh, I think that's the darkest hilarious. timeline, for sure. Yeah. Like, that would be the most evil thing ever. Like, Kyrie just finally got out of LeBron's shadow, and then LeBron just steals the team that he was destined to lead. <laughs> That'd be insane. And, I mean, <laughs> Boston hates LeBron, though. <laughs> yeah. Why, why they would, would they love want him, him? They would love him if he played for them, though. They totally That'd... would. They would do a 180 for sure. That's true, huh? No fan. Fan bases can hate a player, but as soon as that player comes to their team and helps them win... Um, that's a that's a quick way to turn around a relationship for sure. Yeah, here here's the here's the ultimate test of that. If Draymond Green was a Laker, how would you feel about that? Yeah, oh, you did. You just put it on. <laughs> I don't know. You know, if he kind of cleaned up his act a little bit and he actually helped us win, hey, I'd I'd probably start liking him. Uh, he he, uh, but if, he helps you win, but, if, but he doesn't clean up his act. Well, it depends. Do we win a championship? If we win a championship, <laughs> sure. That's sure. fine. That's fine. But if yeah. he comes and all we are is the eighth seed, the seventh seed, or worse, no way, man. Yeah. No, I feel I that. Would not, I would not respect him. It's like the same thing with Carlos Boozer. When Carlos Boozer came on the Lakers, I was yeah, like, yeah, that I was, hated it. That was a weird yeah, thing. I, I, I didn't like that either. It's just, it just didn't, It obviously didn't work out very well either. But Yeah, Carlos yeah, Boozer did was, not belong. Did not belong on the Lakers that was odd yeah that was awful, awful. yeah that was <laughs> grasping for straws all right so now that we're talking about the Lakers let's talk about how the Lakers can form that big three that it seems like they're close and on the verge of doing potentially with that big three being a uh, Kawhi Leonard LeBron James and Paul George so what would it take for them to get there well it would mean letting go of all their free agents oh. and their free agents being Julius Randle Brooke Lopez, Andre Ingram, no. Isaiah Thomas, KCP, Channing Fry, and get this, Travis Ware. Uh, whatever. I care about Andre Ingram, <laughs> though. What, they they have to get rid of Andre Ingram to sign these guys? He's like a minimum player. <laughs> well, I guess after they make this, their 
their max deals, they could sign Andre Ingram to the okay. veteran minimum, which would be more than what he got paid in his D league, yeah. which is just by far a lot more. Yeah. So dude. I don't think he would mind that. No, he wouldn't care at all. He'll take like he'll take like fifty thousand dollars, you know, like standard standard yeah. wage for us working class guys if if he can play for the Lakers. Yeah, don't let my boy right. don't let my boy walk though. He he earned his spot on this roster, especially if there's a big three and they need to sign minimums. Like Andre Ingram's your guy. Man, I don't know. <laughs> I don't do know about eighty two games and playoffs. What are you talking about? He doesn't even have to play that much. We're talking about <laughs> a big three here. This man the deserved big four. It. Yeah, the big four. Yeah, let's go. I like it. I like where your head's at. We don't need Lonzo. Bring him off the bench. Put Andre Ingram at point guard. Oh my gosh. Anyways, <laughs> uh, it all it all obviously has to start though with the Kawhi Leonard trade. And I mean, things could happen within the next few days. Um, what you could do with Kawhi Leonard here to make something enticing is you trade your current pick, you trade next year's pick. Um, you have to throw in Lou Alding yeah. because you have to make the the salary. <laughs> there you go. The salary's working at that point. Lou Alding may be the only guy still on the roster the best that makes it work. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, and and obviously you're gonna have to include two, if not all three, of your 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 super rookies. I mean, in theory, only one, you would only need one to make the salaries work. But if you're San Antonio, you're probably trying to get the most you can out of the Lakers. Because, oh, I mean, definitely. if you're San Antonio, there's no incentive to trade with the Lakers, a franchise who's a bitter rival of yours uh, <laughs> for, through the early 2000s and the late 2000s. Why would you want to make them any better? So if you're San Antonio, you probably take one, oh, three in Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, or Kyle Kuzma. But uh, Lakers, I'm sure, will only want to let go of two of those. And my guess would be Ingram and Kuzma. Yeah, I, I I can't even really see Greg Popovich wanting Alonzo Ball very much. Uh, he'll have to deal True. with Levar Ball antics, and he he doesn't like yeah. being part of the drama. But yeah, Ingram and Kuzma would be really solid pieces for the Spurs, um, it, and it'll work for the Lakers too because they get to offload the Wall Deng's contract, and they mm-hmm. obviously get Kawhi Leonard. So like, it would be a good deal for both teams. But like you said, like Greg Popovich is also in no way wanting the Lakers to get back into relevancy anytime soon. Like he's, he's not trying to yeah. accelerate that process. He's, he's a respectable rival. Like he, he's a respectful rival. He, he doesn't want to help out the guys that he knows are eventually just going to get there anyway with or without him. Like he doesn't <laughs> need to be part of that process. So sure. it kind of, re- it kind of reminiscent of like, um, the report came out. I don't know if this is true or not, but it was reported that Indiana, um, refused to trade with the Lakers or to even discuss Ooh. a trade scenario <laughs> with Paul George. Yeah, I, so. I like it, man. Laker hate is real, you know? Like, Lakers are going to try to figure this out on their own. It's going to be that much sweeter, though, when they finally get back there. Yeah, and it'll, I mean, Kawhi, don't, Kawhi Leonard, man, he is a Southern California native, so I believe that if he wants that he wants to come back here, I mean, it's believable to me. And if they make that trade successful, then... The dominoes are pretty easy to fit in place from there, or the puzzle pieces, I would say, not the dominoes, <laughs> which is Le- LeBron James. You have the cap space. Give him his four-year deal that he could, you could essentially give him four years at, at the max for him, which is $152.5 million. and Paul George, his max with the Lakers, 
the highest they could give him is 130.3 million uh, for four years as well, which is still less than what the Cavaliers can give LeBron and less than what OKC can give Paul George. So you're banking on the shot that the rumors are true here that these two guys want to come to LA if you're the Lakers and you complete this trade because you're letting Julius Randle walk and you're trading two of the the three rookies that you've invested pretty heavily in up to this point. My question is, is Paul George worth the max? That's a good question, and that's something that I've been wondering as well. Like, I'm looking at this, and, like, these numbers, like, four years, 130 million. Four years with Paul George. I don't know. It's a tough commitment, and, like, obviously he's a great player. But that's a lot of money. Like, for a guy that's, like, maybe top 20? Would you put him at top 20 yep. in the league? Maybe. Is he top 15? I don't think he's top 15. I don't 15. think he's top. No, I don't think he's top 15, no. I mean, I was thinking maybe hovering somewhere between 17 to 20 around that range. Yeah, yeah. I'd I'd put him. Yeah, I'd definitely put him in that range. But, uh, yeah, it, it's a big commitment. But I think, yeah, if you're going to get LeBron, then Paul George is obviously going to follow after that. Like, you kind of have to do it, I guess. But. I don't yeah. think he's worth it, but I also don't think Drew Holiday's worth his, and he proved me wrong. So <laughs> uh, I don't really know. Right? It, I, I, these this, these money numbers just they look so big on paper, but then you you do the season, and then you're like, okay, yeah, it's whatever. Like they're they're playing basketball. Like the money's already been taken care of, but you it's just a lot. I don't know. You can sign Andre it, Ingram back for a little less. I, I mean, this is essentially the same amount that Blake Griffin got from the Clippers last year and what the Pistons are paying now. So would you say, would you rather have Paul George or Blake Griffin, or do you think they're essentially the same, I guess, at the same level? Oh, wow. I would rather have Paul George. Yeah, I think Paul George is a better player. He's just better Um, defense, free throw shooting, like... He can hit the three? Yeah, he he has a better range of shots. Yeah, yeah, I'd rather have Paul George. He's just more versatile. Exactly. So much of the dollar amount is also um, reliant on what other people are willing to pay for him. So OKC can pay can pay Paul George more, so that automatically pushes the Laker to that to that max level yeah. that they can offer Paul George. True. And if OKC is not going to pay him that amount. Um, I'd be willing to bet any other team out there in the NBA will give him this the same contract of this size. Oh yeah, I mean, there's plenty of teams that have one max contract slot available, and they'll they'll give it to a guy that's top twenty, like the mm-hmm. the Orlando Magic definitely would give Paul George a contract. The Sacramento Kings, the Nets, yeah, the Mavs, these the all the yeah the Suns definitely <laughs> the Bulls, all these mediocre teams would love to give Paul George the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's that. Uh, I guess the question is, once this team is assembled, though, is it even good enough to beat the Warriors? I say yes, because you have two of the top three players when healthy in the whole league. And, like, that's that's pretty unprecedented. Even even the Warriors, they have, I would argue, the, the number two best player and the number four best player. But one, one and three beat two and four for sure. Yeah, this would be one hell of a team. I think essentially the advantage of this team, though, is 
there's they're all three are extremely versatile players in that they're great defenders. They can shoot the three. They can create their own shot. Um, Clay Thompson and Draymond Green are still a little bit. Um, I mean, they're great players for sure, but they're not as versatile as Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And Curry is a little bit undersized. And here you're getting Kawhi Leonard, six foot eight, LeBron James, six foot eight, Paul George, six foot seven. Right. Yeah, no, they that's a that's a positions. I mean, Alonzo's six six, and he's bulking up apparently. Alonzo's six six, and he's bulking up apparently. So that's true. Yeah, then you got Lonzo. Yeah, that's a big team, man. That is, it's a it's a challenger for sure. Um, what do you what do you put the chances on that this actually happens? Put a percentage chance. Ten. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you weren't expecting that, were you? No, no. I, I definitely thought you were gonna go a little bit higher. <laughs> nope, ten <10%. laughs> percent. And honestly, I think that's generous because, like, it, how often do you see three superstar players go from not playing together to playing together? Has that ever happened? Like, yeah. that weren't playing on this team before at all. Like, none of these guys were on the Lakers, and all three of them go to the like to one team. I've never seen that before. Uh, I don't think so. I'm replaying things in my head right now, and it's never happened. Yeah, to build a team yeah. of these from scratch players, from one summer to the next. Yeah, I just, I just, that seems so unlikely. Even like, even though everyone's hyping it up as this huge thing, like Lakers are back, like this is it, six to one odds to win the championship. Now, did you see that the new Vegas odds for the Lakers <laughs> to win a championship are six to one? <laughs> That's insane. That's, this is all based off perceptions and rumors. Yeah, it's pure <laughs> insanity. And it's not, it's a 10% chance of happening in my mind. Like, to make all these pieces fit together and for all these minds to, like, be on the same page, I just, there's just so much that has to happen. Yeah. It would be really sad if at the end of the day if we get hyped up on these low probabilities, <laughs> these events of low probabilities, and what actually ends up happening is the Lakers are a worse team next year because they let Julius Randle, Brooke Lopez, and Isaiah Thomas, and KCP just walk <laughs> away. And yeah. what you get back is Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, Lonzo Ball, and I don't know. <laughs> Alex Caruso. <laughs> Alex Caruso, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that could very well be the worst team in the NBA. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. That's the worst team in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even have a high draft pick. Yeah, I'm number 25. Yeah. Speaking of which, um, NBA draft this Thursday. Yeah, talking of which, yeah, let's just change gears to because that that, <laughs> that 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 was a depressing note I'll, from. I'm sorry. Hey, I'll, I'll let you salvage it. Uh, what 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 percent chance do you give those three guys going to the Lakers? I was gonna give it a 20 percent chance. Okay. That's that's a little lower than I would have expected you to say initially, but did I did I affect did I affect that decision at all with my uh, <laughs> prediction? Not really. I thought you were gonna go like fifty percent. Oh, you thought I was an optimist. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry to disappoint you. No, I mean I think your percentage is fair. <laughs> yeah. I think it's fair. I I just wasn't expecting it yeah. from you, but I went twenty percent. I'm gonna be a little bit more optimistic, but. I'm not going as high as 50, no way, yeah. or us, anything higher than us that. Us Laker fans have learned to be realistic over the last few years. 
Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I mean, let's go to the NBA draft and talk about some quick things here. Uh, it's happening this Thursday. The the Phoenix Suns with that number one pick after tanking, they finally got that number one pick. And to me, all signs seem to point that Aiton is their guy, the seven one, two hundred sixty pound athletic big man who came from just uh just down the road from Phoenix. Um, and it looks like he's pretty adamant that he's going to be that number one pick. Yeah, it didn't even work out for other teams. Uh, we touched on it a little bit last week. Was convinced that he'll be a number one, and there's no reason not to think that at this point. I think everyone's just talking about who's going to be two through six. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, I think the Suns really can't go wrong picking this guy. They, there's no way you can really look at this draft and say, oh, they they regret picking Aiton, even if he turns out to be a bust, because there's nothing that we can see right now that would point to him being a bust. Like there's yeah. just no way of knowing outside of what he's done so far. And so far he's just looked like a spectacular player with huge potential to be a superstar. So you got to pick him. Yeah. I mean, even if he's not an impactful player right off the start, I mean, he could definitely be a project and a guy who ends up improving down the road. Um, I mean, he's got the size and he's an athletic guy. All you got to do is build around that. And, I mean, definitely the NBA is geared a lot more towards these athletic uh, big guys who can play well off the switch. And the Phoenix Suns, I mean, there's no pressure on them to win a championship anytime soon. (laughs) No, yeah, they have plenty of time to build. They got Devin Booker still young, Josh Jackson just starting to look good at the end of last season. Uh, They got, uh, what's his name, TJ Warren. He's a pretty decent young player. So Mm -hmm. they have the pieces to make a good push in a few years, I think. This is going to be a Yeah, they have the dragon. Right, yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah, how could I forget? Yeah, but the Sacramento Kings, though, on the other side, they're a team that there's a little bit of pressure on them just because they've just have played in the deaths for so long, not making the playoffs. Essentially, what <laughs> since two thousand four? I don't even remember, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like we've yeah. really, we've ever since Mike Bibby was there, probably. Yeah, since Mike <laughs> Bibby and Chris Weber were there. Yeah. Uh, so their fan base is getting a little bit impatient. Maybe not they're just their fan base, but, I mean, the NBA office probably uh, forgets that the Kings are still under their jurisdiction. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it kind of – I mean, we've talked about this a little bit, is that you're a top draft prospect or even like Doncic, or you're from Europe, you're living in a city like Madrid, and all of a sudden you realize that you could potentially end up in a – Sacramento, not a bad Ugh. city, but no, it's definitely no Madrid. Um, it doesn't have the high um, party scene or the the fame that a Division One college campus will probably provide. I mean, you'll be playing <laughs> with a mediocre team, probably on bro- road games that very little fans come out to see you. But hey, you got to start somewhere. But this is interesting here. Uh, Jonathan Givoni, an ESPN reporter, recently said on a podcast with Zach Lowe that. Luka Doncic, Jared Jackson Jr., and Muhammad Bamba, uh, three guys who were projected to go to at least top six in the draft, didn't even send their medical records to Sacramento. Ouch. That's... Yeah, and... (laughs) Yeah, and Doncic is one of those guys that could potentially be fall to them at that number two. I mean, this guy has has a lot of noise behind him. I mean, today he just played for the European Championship game with Madrid, and this is a guy who's been pro- playing professional basketball since the age of 16. Um, so 
he's a good pick potentially. And there's also Marvin Bagley, one of the top uh, prospects coming out of high school. And he averaged 21 points and 11 rebounds this year at college. So also not a bad player. Yeah. And Dontich, the wonder boy, as they call him. Yeah. I just learned that like yesterday, actually, because I was doing some research for this podcast. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, he looks like the real deal from what I've seen. He's got a great shot. He can drive. He can pass. Um, his numbers don't always look like the most flashy. Like he's not going to mm-hmm. put up like 40 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. But like what he does is he's just a great team player and he, he does what he needs to do to win the game. And that's really what it's all about. It's winning yeah. the game. It's not, it's kind of like the Lonzo ball mentality last year. It's like, he's not in it for the stats. He's in it to make your team better. And I, I think yeah. honestly he does that. And I think Doncic does that in a way as well. Um, and he's even bigger than Lonzo. So we'll, we'll see six foot eight point guard. Like that's, that's pretty crazy. But yeah, with, yeah. The, with these guys not even giving the Kings their medical records, it's looking like <laughs> Marvin Bagley might just have to be the default pick here. Like at least he sent his <laughs> medical records to them. They're like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'll play for you guys. I'll be the number two pick. It's, <laughs> so that's what I'm thinking, you know? Yeah, it's 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 interesting and it's funny. I wonder what the Kings are discussing in their office, but I mean, whatever the Kings do here at number 2 will probably have a ripple effect at what everybody else does. Um I I would assume that Atlanta probably takes Doncic at number 3. And if they don't, Memphis will probably take him for sure if the Kings don't go with him. If the right. Kings go with Marvin uh with Doncic at number 2, then it'll be interesting to see where everybody else falls, but uh, the Kings right now, the expectation for them is that they're choosing a franchise player here or at least somebody that's going to be borderline all-star to add to their collection of young assets that they have on their team because the, this is a team that's had a a big drought and they need to get better. Yeah, and it's, it's hard too because you look at what they got last year with De'Aaron Fox and everyone was really excited about him last year uh, going into mm-hmm. the season and then he really... It's just nothing. It's just like he he did stuff there. I think it's just no one really knows or cares. And that's kind of mm-hmm. kind of what happens when you go to Sacramento. They're just so mediocre, and you can't really get the playing time that you need. And it doesn't even matter because the coaching there just isn't very good. Yeah, it's just it's just a bad situation, and I I can see why these guys wouldn't be the most excited to play there, even if it is for an NBA team. Yeah. Um, if you're if you're Sacramento, who do you go with here? I go with Bagley, just because at least he gave me his medical records. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, I I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna fall for the hype, and I'm going with Doncic here. Oh. Um, I think this guy's actually gonna be the real deal. There's something different about him. I think he's a smarter player. He seems like he's obviously a highly competitive kid. I mean, he grew up in Lithuania or something or not Lithuania, some Eastern European country, moved over to Spain at a young age and has just been completing with grown-ass men in Europe. And I think that says a lot about somebody. Uh, This has been brought up before, I think, but if Doncic wasn't European, if he was an American player, would he be going first without a doubt? I don't know. That's interesting because I feel like a lot of the guys coming out of the draft recently, a lot of them are judged heavily on athleticism. Um, 
and IQ I feel isn't really valued as highly sometimes. And yeah. Doncic is definitely missing out on that athleticism. And I don't think he had he stayed in America, he would have had the opportunities that he's had to show off some of his IQ and his basketball fundamentals uh, sure. that he has been showing in the in the European league over in Europe. Just because he's he's playing with more mature teams and more mature players um, and coaches who, uh, frankly, I have a more competitive more competitive league than the NCAA in high school. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I totally agree. Um, yeah, yeah. A, few, a few more of these prospects we have here. Michael Porter Jr. is an interesting one. This, this guy yeah. seems like he has the potential to be the best pick in this draft, but... He has a lot of injury concerns. Um, even though he's been very, his doctors and his people have been very transparent with all of his medical records and saying he's fully healthy. Um, teams are still afraid to pick him, and uh, it, it's interesting that like some of these teams that really have nothing to lose, like the Hawks, the Suns, Kings, <laughs> they have like what do you have to lose? Like picking this guy, like you gotta you gotta swing for the fences. I think, like I think these teams are too safe in their draft picks, like when they have these top picks and like, they're still mediocre. Like why take the safe guy when you could take the guy that's potentially the best player in the draft? Like that's how you miss out on guys like Donovan Mitchell. That's true. Um, that's also how you end up losing your job when you're wrong though. <laughs> hey, Sam Hankey, Sam Hankey was a legend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, if Michael Porter jr. Is still there, uh, if I'm the bulls or I'm the Cavs. I definitely take him there at number eight or number six, number I, seven. I can't see him um, falling that low. Like a guy with, this I mean, much a lot talent. of people. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I, that's what I think too. And, but it seems like a lot of mock drafts out there. A lot of guys think he'll, he'll actually fall that, that far down there. Um, it's interesting. I mean, he was a top prospect out of high school. He got back surgery. So he missed a lot of his college season and recently actually had to cancel workouts because of back spasms. Apparently they were so bad he couldn't even get out of bed. So Yeesh. that's a big that's a big flag there. But I guess you could have raised you rose the same flag for Joel Embiid all those years ago. Man, the NBA draft is just such an interesting thing. I don't know if I'm Sacramento, I'd go with Michael Porter Jr. I'm I would stick with Doncic, and if I'm Sacramento, that's who I'm taking. Michael Porter Jr. I think if I'm top five, I'm passing him. But if I'm uh, the Chicago Bulls or the Cavaliers that far down there I, i'm i'm no doubt about it i'm taking him mm-hmm. uh we'll see we'll see the, more realistically one like the bulls and the Cavs are going to be taking trey young potentially yeah um trey young i think is another one of those wild cards i mean he was the first division one player to lead the ncaa in both points and assists 27 points and 8.7 assists a uh, great shooter great ball handler his biggest problem is that he's six foot one, um, not quite bulky, undersized. You would say for the NBA, yep. And um, I mean, people say that he probably, if he gets drafted and gets more than twenty minutes a game, he'd probably be the worst defender in the NBA. Tough words. Hey, I mean, but, like it's not yeah. wrong, right? Like, we, he's not quite Isaiah Thomas, but. Six foot one in today's NBA is very small. Chris Paul makes it work because he's so tough. I don't I don't know if Trey Young can possibly compare himself to Chris Paul as far as toughness goes. Yeah, and I mean but Chris Paul's a 
Chris Paul's a thick guy. He's bulky. Yeah, no, he's yeah, he's got he's got some nice thickness to him. Yeah. But but I mean Trey Young, the guy can shoot. Like that just give him give him some space and he can shoot and that's something that's very very important to a player like LeBron James that's mm-hmm. trying to make plays that just needs to get a guy an open 3. And so if if he can go to a team that does have a good pass first create for others point guard then I think he can definitely work in the NBA and um, his defense, like the defense will be a challenge. He'll, he'll need a good coach that can hide him kind of like how Brad Stevens hit Isaiah Thomas on defense with the Celtics. Yeah. Um, so he'll need an experienced coach that knows what that would know what to do with him on defense. And hopefully the team that drafts him is confident that they can work with him on both ends of the floor. Yeah. So he's a, so he's a wild card here. Do you consider him a top five pick? No, no, you can't draft in top five because he just has the shortcomings and there is so much talent in the draft. Otherwise, like you're, you're picking Aiton, Doncic, uh, Bagley, and I definitely put Michael Porter in front of him. Uh, so that that's is that five right there? I just named off or is that four? I think that was four. I, I don't know. This Jaron Jackson Jr. guy, I don't really know much about him either, but him and Mo Bamba. Uh, they both seem like really good talents too. So I would not put Trey Young as a definite top five pick. Yeah, I guess uh, Trey Young is probably more more likely than not to end up either to the Chicago Bulls or the Cavaliers rather than Michael Porter Jr. You think? Yeah, no, I, I can see the Cavs drafting him for sure. Yeah, I think if you're the they, Cavs, <laughs> why not? Right. I mean, yeah, they're they're gonna need some someone to at least give them some semblance of a superstar if LeBron James leaves, and if and if LeBron doesn't leave, like Trey Young is gonna thrive with LeBron. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. It's such a the Cavaliers are an interesting one. I still think if Michael Porter Jr. is there, I think you draft him over Trey Young. I don't know if he'll fall. No, as yeah, far as yeah, eight. I totally agree. But like, I I think Michael Porter should go. Before Trey Young, but I think Trey Young goes at eight or nine. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, let's see how that plays out. Um. But anyways, just to close the 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 podcast out and talking about the NBA draft, it's such a funky funky game or such a funky thing because <laughs> you're trying to project how well an eight a nineteen twenty or twenty one year old is going to be essentially. Right. In a year or five years or even more than that, and you're paying him over a million dollars, you're putting him (laughs) in a league where he's going to be surrounded by grown men, away from his family, in a place where he's going to be traveling back and forth every across the country every other night for like eight months. (laughs) For like eight months, right? I mean, the NCAA season. What do these guys play? Like, what do you think? Twenty games? Thirty games? Yeah, yeah, they're like thirty games. Yep, and now they're going to play eighty-two games and. That's not counting playoffs and that's not counting media days that are media duties that follow after every single game. So there's a lot of projection here. And I think every time the NBA draft comes around, I kind of I kind of just try my best not to buy into the hype because everybody likes to project um, current NBA stars onto onto these potential prospects. Uh, Comparisons like Harrison Barnes looks a lot like Kobe. Or, <laughs> yeah, or some of these other dudes. Trey Young may be the next Steph Curry. Right. I don't know. Yeah, the comparisons are real. 
Yep, and it's always so easy to draw the comparisons to the next superstar, even though that in a U.S. article that I was reading today, they did an analysis of the NBA draft, and over a 25 period from 1990 to 2014, only 80% of the players drafted number one, two, and three averaged at least eight point, 10 points in the NBA. Wow. And then picks four through seven, it drops down to 61%, eight to 11 uh, less than the coin flip, which is 42%. And picks 12 through 15, it dips all the way down to 29%. Jeez. So there's a lot riding on the NBA draft, but at the same time, it's still a game of luck um, and a game of things, of forces that can play throughout the years and some things that you just can't control. I mean, one year you get Steph Curry at number seven, and the next <laughs> year you get Ikep Udo at number six. Yeah, Ekbe. <laughs> yeah. So... The NBA draft, despite all these years that have gone by and the, as long as the system has existed, it's really still as unpredictable as it's ever been. Yep, this is very true. You bring up some great points. But at the end of the day, this is what we're speculate like all hell. And we, we come up with these dream scenarios, and it, it's just so much fun. I, I don't care how wrong we are. Yeah, that is true. It does make it really fun. Um. Anyways, well, we'll see how that plays out and whether or not the Lakers get their big three and whether or not Michael Porter Jr. actually becomes an all-star. Maybe it's Trey Young or maybe it's somebody's name we don't even really know yet who ends up being a second rounder and actually becomes the next Giannis. Maybe it's his brother. Maybe it's his brother. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Don't forget to check us out week after week on iTunes. tune in uh google play or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast awesome have a good week everyone